I'm Corey. Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know an armadillo treats their body as a temple? The only highs that they allow are runner highs and, and the highs of socializing with good friends and PCP. all right for more armadillo related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early check us out at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club Hogwarts, 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 Hogwarts. Hello there. You're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We're reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters 24 through 28 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the seventh and final book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, Harry chases a ghost deer who reunites him with his best friend, the Sword of Gryffindor. Also, Ron is there, I guess. <laughs> with nothing better to do, they decide to go talk to Luna's dad about his weird symbol that keeps popping up. He explains that it's a symbol for some wizard fairy tale and then proceeds to double-cross them. Uh, Harry becomes obsessed with the hunt for wizard treasures and seems kind of bored with the whole Horcrux thing. And in a fit of irritation, totally gets them captured by Death Eaters and turned over to the Malfoys. They manage to escape with the help of Dobby because elf magic beats everything. But unfortunately, they, elves also have a fatal weakness to being stabbed in the chest with a silver knife. So uh, Dobby's dead now. <laughs> but it's okay. Now that they've uh, brought Creature around, they have a spare. Oh. What? <laughs> Ouch. No? <laughs> so you're saying they're, they all alike to you? I mean, are, are they not? No. Oh. Chapter 24, The Wandmaker. Harry buries Dobby. I gotta say, Dobby's funeral lacks some of the the mystique of Dumbledore's funeral. Right. <laughs> they just dump a bunch of their old clothes in a hole with him. He's like, yeah, he likes doing laundry or whatever, right, guys? <laughs> This is what he would have wanted, our dirty shit, my gym socks. I don't know. Aww. I just feel bad for him, you know? Yeah. He did give his life for Harry Potter. I thought it was very sweet. Um, I like that Luna said something, and I thought it was well-written chapter in terms of Harry having to just kind of work through his grief and come to terms and get some clarity on what his goals are going forward, which was nice. I'm yeah. glad they're not just wandering around anymore, and he has... He's decided on his mission, mm-hmm. so that's good. Yeah, it definitely knocked the conspiracy crap out of Harry. I uh, feel now. the same way I did about Sirius Black. Why should we care? Yeah, why should why should Harry care? He barely knew this person. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Dobby was part of his life for a long time. Remember, he kept showing up in his bedroom while he was sleeping, he kept <laughs> screwing up his life for a whole year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all the time. Loss of innocence, uh, the loss of the innocent, mm. right? I guess so, but it wasn't Dobby like way older than Harry Potter? Is he really innocent? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he he was he was supposed to represent like just pure good, right? Is he? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I always found Dobby sinister. I don't know. I always <laughs> <laughs> hello, Mister Potter. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like people talk about it being one of the saddest things that happens in the entire series, and it just doesn't make me sad. I like the writing after it, but I don't. I don't feel an emotional connection to Dobby and his death. It makes me sad in the same way that the grip hook stuff makes me sad, which is that Dobby's sort of a bystander in all this, you mm-hmm. know. Well, then that is sad, though, because he was a victim of a war between people that were not his people. Right, yeah, and, and neither side was really fighting to help him. Yeah, very true. Except for Hermione. Yeah, yeah, Hermione. Hermione's the only person. Pretty much, yeah. And Dumbledore, I guess. Well, he's dead. Sorry. Was Dumbledore? 
Yeah, didn't he have a whole thing like he didn't believe house elves should be slaves or something? Didn't, didn't he run like a whole team of slaves in the Hogwarts kitchen? I mean, yeah, but they, they wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But the Death Eaters now know that Ron is with Hermione, so the Weasleys just can't do their thing anymore. They can't go into work, nothing like that. They have to go into hiding. Yeah, so Harry Potter's kind of wrecked a bunch of people's lives. Yeah, some more. But he has a talk with uh, Griphook. And he decides that they're going to be um, continuing to go after the Horcruxes, not the Deathly Hallows, which I think is a good call. Yeah, I think so. I, I have to say that during this conversation, Griphook is being extremely generous with Harry Potter. <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, how badly Griphook has been treated by other wizards. He's like, Harry's like the nicest person I've ever met. I was like, oh, really? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, I thought this, this scene where they're kind of trying to establish their ally cred with the goblin was really awkward. Yes. Because none of them have ever shown any interest in goblins or the affairs of goblins, period. Mm-hmm. Well, there, but it wasn't just about goblins. It was about any non-wizarding creatures. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, he's like, oh, I don't trust wizards. And Hermione's like, oh yeah, we, we, we're on your side. We totally like elves. <laughs> what, you guys aren't the same? Like, wait, wait, goblins and house elves aren't the same thing? I, I'm sorry, I'm super confused about magical creatures. Right. I, I don't feel like it went the way, that wasn't the way I read it. It was more of a discussion about the problems with wizard supremacy, um, just in general, against mm-hmm. oppressed races. But yeah, I could see how that could be a problem. Yeah, they, these, these, we've been reading about these people for six and a half years, and, mm-hmm. and none of them have seemed to mind wizard supremacy. Well, the thing is... Well, except for Hermione with the elves. Were they aware though that the that the goblins were um, being oppressed in the way that house elves are? Uh, there was at least two lessons about it in Goblin the, Wars. Yeah, in the Binz's class, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, you know, they weren't actually paying attention. Hermione wrote all their essays. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, but so, so Harry decides he wants to do a Horcrux heist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in Gringotts. Yes, and that's why it's nice that they have uh, Griphook there. He's going to help them get into the Lestrange vault. And Griphook says, oh, I'll think about it. So he goes and has a talk with Ollivander. Yeah, this is an interesting conversation. While he's talking to, to Ollivander, there's this moment where Ollivander knows that Harry knows that he helped Voldemort. And he gets, like, kind of scared for a second there. He's like, oh, I wasn't really helping him. I didn't know. Because like, he knows. He knows. <laughs> Yeah. He knows what Harry's like. He knows that Harry's going to roll up that whole organization. Everybody's going off the pier, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. He identifies that Harry does indeed have Bellatrix's and Draco's wands and gives some kind of interesting, they call it wand lore. Apparently, Harry has one Draco's, Draco's wands allegiance, which is a thing that can happen, which is interesting. So is that why Harry Potter could use three wands at once? Yes, <laughs> that's a great question. Why did he not ask about that? Yeah. I, so how many? What's the maximum number of wands you can use simultaneously if you tape them together? Yeah, fifty-two. <laughs> Hard cap at fifty-two. Yeah. Harry verifies that Voldemort is is indeed looking for the Elder Wand, and he also finds out that Ollivander told Voldemort that Grigorovich had it, and that it was stolen by Grindelwald, and then who was then defeated by Dumbledore, and it was buried with him. So Dumbledore had the Elder Wand the whole time. He did. It's interesting to note that... Uh, I've, I've moved, by the way, that we refer to it as the Death Stick. You're, that is the... That's a good name. Of the name. Because that death name stick. is fantastic. Yeah. Death Stick. Because they're like the Wand of Destiny. <laughs> yeah, the Elder Wand. Sorry. Death Stick. Yeah, there yeah, you go. That's yeah, the one. That's the death one. Absolutely. So the Death Stick, yeah. <laughs> so, so Dumbledore's had the Death Stick all along. <laughs> it's interesting to note that uh, 
the that Voldemort knows about the one, but not the other Deathly Hallows. He only knows about the one. Yeah, I mean, this kind of makes sense to me because, like, they pointed out he was Muggleborn, and it wasn't exactly like he had friends. So I don't think he was sitting around like reading fairy tales or sharing fairy tales with them. And that's think, not something that would have been covered in his classes. So that kind of makes sense to me. Well, I think it's more that the the Death Stick isn't necessarily directly associated with the Deathly Hallows. Like, right. Like that's something that uh, only the the whatever the, the seekers of the grail the, mm-hmm. the, the hallow hunters whatever you want to call them yeah. uh the really think about yeah the hallow maniacs <laughs> <laughs> they're hallowing at the moon i don't know <laughs> um so I, I i get the impression that everyone knows about this like killer wand but not mm-hmm. everyone knows about the the hallows or, or thinks of them as like sorry not everyone draws a connection between those two things well, also, too, if you think about it, if this, if Harry's invisibility cloak is indeed one of the three hallows, it's just been passed down through this one family for literally centuries. So nobody would be able to verify that that was actually a real thing. So one of those three hallows is out of the picture anyway. True. Yeah. Well, maybe both. I, I guess the, the if, if, in fact, as they suspect, the the ring, uh, the, was it the... Resurrection stone. The resurrection stone is mm-hmm. also the ring of the... Marvel, not the Marvelous, the... Yeah, the Gaunt. The Gaunt, the Gaunt, the yeah. Gaunt family ring. Then that would be another artifact that's never surfaced, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's all been passed on the family line and no one else knew it existed. Yes. Harry <laughs> has a vision and Voldemort is at Hogwarts and he grave robs and takes the Elder Wand away from Dumbledore. Yeah. Dumbledore's dead body, excuse me. Right, right. Why didn't Dumbledore leave the wand to Harry or something? That's a good question. I, I I think Harry speculates that Dumbledore didn't actually want him to have the wand, but who knows, you know. Mm-hmm. Power corrupting or something. Also, I guess my question is, if 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 you give it willingly to somebody else, does it move its allegiance over to them? Or do you have to, like, defeat them to get it? So I had a theory about that, because Harry had no trouble using Hermione's wand when she gave it to him. Sure. So I think that handing it over does pass the allegiance. Being being willing to share it, yeah. But this okay. might is, this one might be special, right? It's not the share stick. <laughs> no, you're right. It's the death stick, and and it seems like death is an important component of the passing of that wand on. Mm-hmm. But then, in this case, shouldn't Snape get the elder wand? Shouldn't the elder one like Snape? Because he killed Dumbledore. Yeah, right. I mean, Voldemort's all like, "I killed Dumbledore," but he didn't. I will tell you that there's an answer to that, and you'll have to wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chapter twenty five, Shell Cottage. Harry isn't sure why he didn't try to prevent Voldemort from taking the Elder Wand. Um, yeah, he, he's he was kind of debating whether letting Voldemort have this wizard super weapon is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, understandably, right? Um, Voldemort's already pretty tough, and this wand seems to make someone tougher, although not unbeatable, because we obviously throughout history. Well, yeah, that's the one thing that's happened to everybody that's owned it. They got killed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, n- most notably recently, Dumbledore killed Grindelwald in a famous duel when Grindelwald was using a death stick, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I, I was thinking about it, I think I mistakenly said that Dumbledore killed Grindelwald. I don't think he killed Grindelwald. Gr- he just sent Grindelwald to that prison. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Uh, Dumbledore defeated him in a duel. He mm-hmm. didn't actually kill him. Yeah, that was that was my my error, but I, that's the time when he got possession of the Death Stick. And Grip Hook has, has agreed to help them break into the Lestrange Vault, but he has one condition that he gets to keep Gryffindor's sword. Yeah, I mean it's a sweet sword. I w- I'd want it too. So we got a nice Twitter message from Ben on Twitter about this scene, and he's totally right. They 
they do not treat Griphook well at all here. Because uh-huh. Griphook makes this point like that that sword was taken from a goblin a long time ago. It belongs to me or, or some other goblin or something. Mm-hmm. And you wizards are always crapping on us and taking our stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the, what they do is they're like, oh, dang, he doesn't want to give it to us. How do we cheat him? Yeah, no, no. The, Let, like, let's make a deal and then break the deal. After this conversation, they immediately begin carefully planning how they're going to betray Griphook. Like, immediately, right? Yeah, the, not, not even I don't hesitate, even feel right? that guilty about it. Like, Hermione's like, dude, that's not cool. But the other the other's like, uh, yeah, it's well, our sword. Here's the thing I don't understand. Why don't they just say, we will let you have it, like, after we do these things? Yeah. there There is a absolutely a forthright and, like, and fair way to handle this. Because... Yeah. And, and like yeah, right. Just tell them like we we needed to do this stuff. This is literally the only thing that will do this thing. Once we do this thing, it is yours. We you know like and 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 they could have that conversation in such a way that I think Grippa could even trust them. But because they're being so fucking shady about it, because they're shady, yeah, like yeah. And, and Ben on Twitter made the connection between this and the appropriation of native stuff. Yeah, yeah. By like colonizing cultures, mm-hmm. which is exactly what this is. They don't really think about the goblin perspective at all. They just think, I want that thing. How do I get it from this guy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because this guy's a goblin, it's okay for us to screw him. Yeah. It's very, that's definitely um, meaningful to English history for sure. Yeah. I had this, the, the that exact, uh, I made that exact correlation in my head. It's like, this is very like imperialist of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like this idea. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's interesting because it, there's, it's not, re- there aren't really consequences for them for this behavior. So the way it's, written it doesn't necessarily feel like they're doing the wrong thing even though they are clearly doing the wrong thing you know yeah there's even this conversation with bill where he says like oh yeah goblins are all just crazy they have this crazy idea that you take something from them and they then they they, they're angry about it because they don't understand their place in the world i don't think he was demeaning them at all when he was saying i think he was just trying to explain their perspective yeah But but their perspective is crazy right their perspective is like, like even if they make a deal with somebody to sell them something, they they don't understand what selling something means to them because they're you know benighted savages. I really didn't read it that way. Uh-huh. I just thought it was. I just thought that it was a complete cultural difference that um, kept prevented prevented there to be any sort of equality or equity between them. Because what they what he was saying actually made a lot of sense to me. And like they used the example of the Aunt Muriel's tiara. Um, I mean, it made sense. Yeah. I, I didn't no, agree yeah. with it, but it made sense to yeah, me. Yeah, I just didn't quite buy it. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, this grip book is a perfectly rational sounding person. You can understand the concept. Even if his culture doesn't do selling things, which is real weird. Well, I mean, uh, like... You can, you can understand the concept of it. Is it really that different than, like, licensing media? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I created this thing. It belongs to me. You can pay a certain amount of money and you can use it. Yeah, but it, what, what Bill said and is that... And then when you die, it gets, you don't get it's not it. a license. Like, even if you sell it, even if they sell it to you, they don't understand what selling means. So they, they think wrongly that they should get it back, right? It's renting. Yeah. yeah, they think it's renting, which sounds a lot to me like the wizard said, we're going to borrow it and then didn't give it back. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah. But again, that sounds a lot like media licensing. <laughs> Well, At I least did. there's a Eula there. That's true. Well, I mean, there, maybe there's a Goblin Eula. I don't know. <laughs> I, I did appreciate and was happy to have some some of Bill's perspective. Bill's yeah, so cool. I got. The, I did get the impression that Bill was like genuinely like, guys, don't fuck with this guy because this is what you know. Like, I didn't get the impression that he was saying he's an, he's an idiot. Don't listen to him. I got the impression that was Bill. That, that was like, I know goblins, and this is what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know. And they just kind of disregard his advice, I think. Right. My impression. He was just trying to explain their perspective on it and warn them against screwing him over because 
Well, Bill I, knows that they're going to screw him over somehow. I, I still think Bill might be the best Weasley, but that's just, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it goes back and forth between Charlie and Bill. Yeah. It was pretty good right here. It's a tough call. I'm going for Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Charlie gets to hang with dragons, and you know how I feel about dragons. Yes. But we barely get to know Charlie, really. Yeah. We get to know Bill better. That, wait, which one of them has the earring? Bill, Bill. right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Living out there. Shell Cottage. But Charlie has the long hair. No, Bill had the long hair. Bill has long. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Bill's cooler. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But they plan how they're going to break in, and then there's something kind of fun that happens. Lupin comes to Shell Cottage, and Tonks had a boy. They're back together, and Lupin is very happy, which is wonderful to see. Is it so? If Lupin has a kid, is it a cub? Uh, no, it's still a human. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not a werewolf. I guess not, but Harry gets to be the godfather, so that's fun. Yeah. Honestly, this is really smart on Lupin's part. You really want Harry to be personally invested in the well-being of your child. Trust me. (laughs) Plus, Harry's really, really rich, which can only help. Also true, yeah. He's really rich and probably going to die soon. (laughs) I mean, like... With no heirs. There you go. Now he's got a godson. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, they spend all this time planning this, this heist, and I don't know why they bother, because... The minute Harry gets bored, he's just going to start blasting things. We know how this goes. We just saw this in this book, right? We know what a Harry Potter heist looks like. Right. Chapter 26, Gringotts. Hermione is going to Polyjuice into Bellatrix because she has her wand, so that's convenient. Yeah, so we've, we've seen what a Harry Potter heist looks like, and it doesn't feel they're, like they're going into this particular heist any better prepared. And in fact... It's kind of the same plan, right? But they're just lower on polyjuice potion this time. <laughs> they're like, well, we're going to polyjuice, but we only have enough for one person. So, uh, yeah. Again, though, Hermione's amazing. It has been just a few weeks, maybe a couple months since she was tortured by Bellatrix, and now she's got to impersonate her. Oh, they made the, the absolute right choice by polyjuicing, by having her, uh, Hermione run point on this. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Ron is disguised to accompany her, and Harry and Grip hook are hiding under his invisibility cloak yeah Mm -hmm. it immediately gets off to a rocky start though oh it does they go into diagon alley and immediately run into another death eater a dude named travers yeah it becomes pretty clear that hermione has no idea who and what her what bellatrix knows which obviously right like yeah yeah, the big problem with trying to be bellatrix yes Mm -hmm. but she she actually handles it pretty well i'd say Mm -hmm. i think she does she's thinking on her feet as well as she can Oh, this annoyed me though. So they get to Gringotts, mm-hmm. and Harry uses a confunding charm to, um, and an imperious curses to get in. And like, is it really that easy? Like a seventeen-year-old can do these things. Hermione's yeah. been doing confunding charms for at least a few years. Like, why is there any security at all? If you have the if if children are learning Alohomora, why do you lock any doors at all? You know, it's like <laughs> the same idea. Yeah, they, no. they, they kind of waltz in. Yeah, they really do. And, I, and, I, and is anyone else bothered by the fact that Harry just starts flinging around unforgivable curses like it's not a big deal? I, I noted that too. He imperiased at least two people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, like there's these are this is like murdering someone in, in wizard law, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. fine though because he didn't really mean it, right? They make a point. It's like, oh, it's not as strong. It's because you didn't really mean it, Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, right. That's why it's okay that you just. Yeah, that sounds like more BS. Uh-huh. But apparently any wizard can do it. You can do it very, very quietly and on the sly. Mm-hmm. Like why? I just, oh, this is just too big of a of a plot hole for me. Or not even a plot hole, a loophole. It's just too easy, right? It like, is too easy, way it, too easy. A confundus charm and two imperious curses yeah. and you get into the, the most heavily guarded 
vaulted in gringotts. Right. Has Harry Potter ever imperiased anybody no. before? The only other time he's used an unforgivable curse was when he attempted to uh, Avada Kedavra Bellatrix, Bellatrix mm-hmm. after yeah. she killed Sirius. Yeah. So it's weird that he's so good at it. It totally works. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, they built up this Gringotts thing a lot. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be an, uh, uh, an unbreakable vault. And then it felt childish. This whole like break-in felt extremely childish to me. It's the same thing they would do at Hogwarts, right? It's like it's kind of what they did to get into the Slytherin house mm-hmm. uh, room. Remember, yeah. just like like Polyjuice pushing themselves up and just walk in there and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, how's it going? What's your secret plan, eh? Mm-hmm. What's our secret plan? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it works though. Like it's not <clears throat> the most. It's not like an ineffective thing to do though. Yeah, well, it, it should work on Crab and Goyle, but it shouldn't work on the Goblins of Gringotts. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually surprised that. It is so easy to imperious a goblin. Like I, like I, I would have expected that goblins would be resistant to magic or have their own protections or right. something. You know, because like uh, Hagrid does, being half giant, he has his own protections in a way. Exactly. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. But it, it's not. They're not actually super, super successful because the goblins know that something is up. That's true. Yeah, they all get in the cart um, to go down to the Lestrange vault, but uh, there have been protective enchantments set up and. Uh, they're immediately, um, what's the word? De-enchanted, disenchanted. Yeah, disenchanted, <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 actually pretty obvious, thinking about it in retrospect, that of course Bella tricks Lestrange, knows that somebody stole her wand, and that somebody would attempt to impersonate her. You know, it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. that wasn't wasn't a very good plan in the end. Oh, for sure. I gotta say, this whole thing with the dragon, though, that made Aww. me pretty sad. I know it would. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a dragon chained up in the in the bowels of Gringotts, who's like half blind and like horribly abused. Horribly abused, and that's that's what they used to guard the treasure. But like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I again love dragons. Very sad about that. It is sad, but they get into the Lestrange vault to find Hufflepuff's cup or some other Horcrux. They don't know. Um, and it's filled with horrific curses. Yeah, this this vault sounds like a nightmare. Every time you touch something, it multiplies and turns into like molten hot, mm-hmm. you know, brand or whatever. So they're constantly being burned uh, horribly. It sounded, it really did sound terrible. But they managed to find the cup and Griphook runs off with the Gryffindor sword. Which was absolutely what he should have done yeah. because they were super going to double cross him. Yeah, good move, grip hook. Right. And then they escape on a dragon. Yeah, they blast their way out and escape on a dragon back, which is yeah. basically Harry Potter's escape, I right? Like the, yeah, I like the Harry Potter plan here. Just imagine somebody standing in the street watching this. You know, like Harry Potter and his friends walk in and then about like 15 minutes later, the roof blows off. Yeah. That's the Harry Potter heist. That's right. Works great. It is pretty funny he's, when he says, I think they may, may have noticed that uh, we had broken out of Green Gods. <laughs> yeah, it might have, might, have, might have gathered some attention, not so incognito. Mm-hmm. Chapter 27, The Final Hiding Place. They land in a lake. Yeah, they get to ride a dragon. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter has like the best fucking life. It sounds pretty miserable to me. Like I hate being cold and being cold and wet and having to hold on to that thing for God knows how long. That sounds awful. But it's a dragon. I know. You need to ride a dragon. Ride a dragon. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> but now they're back to the place where they have a horcrux with no means of destroying it. So I guess they're what gonna have to take turns drinking from it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I don't know what to do with this horcrux, so we're gonna have to. One of us is gonna drink from it every day, and we're gonna pass it around. That's the. Only way to handle it until we figure out what to do with it. God, it's 
so dumb. Harry gets a vision, and now Voldemort knows that they have stolen the cup from Bellatrix's vault, so Voldemort now knows that they are hunting Horcruxes. Not awesome. That's no. That's something that Dumbledore mm-hmm. specifically did not want Voldemort to know, because, you know, mm-hmm. he's more dangerous <laughs> when you're uh, backed him up against a wall. So he's super paranoid, and he's going to go check on all of them. While Harry's in his mind, Voldemort also verifies that one of the Horcruxes is indeed in Hogwarts somewhere, yeah. but unconveniently does not say where. Well, it's, it's pretty nice of Voldemort to go over the list and say that Harry Potter is riding along. I was like, big uh, big hint in the Voldivision. Here's a Horcrux checklist. <laughs> well, I've got one in here and one in here and one in here. Anyone? No? Okay, good. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the last one is at Hogwarts, of course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of, course. of course, we go back to Hogwarts. Yeah, they have okay. to return to Hogwarts to finish everything. Mm-hmm. As conquerors, they return. So, isn't this exactly how Voldemort trapped Harry Potter last time? Yes. He, he waited for Harry Potter to be in his head, and then he thought about, I want to go here. Yes, mm-hmm. that is absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But apparently, he's forgotten that Harry can do that. And he's forgotten that he can then use that trick really effectively to get Harry Potter to go wherever the fuck he wants. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't understand why Voldemort has not done a better job of closing off his mind to Harry. Because we know he is able to do that. So I don't know why he is not. Yeah. That's a terrible idea. There's a whole whole book about that. He he just gets lonely, you know? Like, it's it's hard being at the top as the Dark Lord. Yeah, you know, he, he was an orphan. It's really hard for him to let people inside. Yeah. Mm. So Harry Potter's probably his only friend. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, the trio decide to go to Hogsmeade. Yeah, no time like the present, right? Nope. They have to get into Hogwarts as fast as they can in case Voldemort decides to move the Horcrux. And there is a ton of enchantments set up. And as soon as they arrive... Oh, the yeah. next chapter, right? Yes. There's a bunch of protective enchantments set up. Chapter 28, The Missing Mirror. Yeah, no time for a, a lame Hermione plan. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Hermione. Yeah, time for another heist, but this time with even less planning. <laughs> as soon as they operate in, an alarm goes off, even though they're under the invisibility cloak. Yeah, the Death Eaters are immediately alerted to their presence, and they're everywhere in Hogsmeade. Yes, and even worse, there's Dementors that they call in to find him. So Harry has to do an Expecto Patronum, because apparently the Dementors can just kind of like hone in on him. Wait, mm. do, does he have to be the one to do it? Because everyone knows what his... Patronus is, right? Hermione has trouble with it, and Ron is Ron. So yeah, I think no, that's probably right. the best of the options. <laughs> I mean, well, his point. Patronus is probably Harry Potter, so it's not really <laughs> helpful. We don't even know what Ron's is, yeah, do we? we do. It's a Is, it's is a it a weasel, puppy. just like his dad? Oh, it's a, oh, it's a puppy? Yeah, Hermione's is, a, is an otter, otter mm-hmm. and uh, I can't remember what kind of dog it is. It's some kind of puppy, I think. Okay. I think. Pretty oh. sure it's a dog. All right. Sure. Uh, they're about to be discovered by the Death Eaters when somebody lets them into the hogshead, and it is the barman. And he convinces the Death Eaters that it wasn't actually Harry's um, Patronus. It was his own Patronus, which is a goat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yes. First clue to the, the new identity of this barman, who's been in the series. Like, we've met this guy before several mm-hmm. times, right? We have. We met him the very first time they were setting up uh, the the Dumbledore's army. That's right. Yeah, yeah that was the, first the first time place they, went they to met. The mm-hmm. 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 And it had been mentioned before that. And he's just the barman who was, who was always there, and they never really thought about him or anything. Um, so, but yeah. So that guy was always Dumbledore's brother? That's yep. correct. Ab- Ab- Aberforth? Aberforth. Aberforth Dumbledore. The, the bum, bum, bum. The goat fondler? That, I mean, his, his Patronus is a goat. You draw whatever conclusions you want from that. I believe that Dumbledore said something along the lines of he went to jail for inappro- practicing inappropriate charms on a goat. 
Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that? it's funny. Yeah, I, so I just... I'll take yeah, it. You know, I whatever. what that means, yeah. You know what? He, it, it does not... It does not hurt the plot if he is a goat fucker. I'm just saying. It's fine. It's fine. You know, like he's he's Dumbledore's brother. He's like the caretaker of, of their sister. But you fuck one goat. <laughs> See, it's so, it's weird though. I really would love to have known J.K. Rowling's thought process about why she did this. Obviously, she thought it was funny, but there's no way that you could make that joke without it's so, the implication. It feels so out of place, you know? Uh-huh. They're, they're largely sexless, these mm-hmm. books, right? Uh-huh. Because they're for kids, right? And, and, right. And sex makes kids catch on fire. It doesn't make me wonder if maybe about sex. Maybe maybe that's not what she meant. Like maybe there's no way. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a goat, and it's like a yeah. I don't know. It seems pretty likely that that's the implication. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Anyway, Harry sees Amir, and he realizes that it was Aberforth who sent Dobby to rescue them from Malfoy Manor. He's the one who had his mirrors connected to the shard that. Harry still has from Sirius's mirror. So Dumbledore is dead. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore is dead, and Aberforth speaks some truth about his brother. Yeah, he has some less charitable opinions about yep. about uh, uh, Albus, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He says that he dealt in secrets and lies. Yeah. We find out the truth about what happened to their sister Ariana. She this was is pretty heartbreaking story, by the way. It is. It really is. It's an ugly story. Like she was attacked by three muggle boys when she was six years old, and it in our force words destroyed her. So she wouldn't do magic anymore, but sometimes it would just kind of like explode out of her and it was extremely dangerous. I have to say, like one of the things that is is tragic, I mean there's a lot of things that are tragic about the story, but one of the things that is perhaps most tragic is that her situation is totally something that could have been resolved by muggle counseling and medical science. Like, no. you don't think, so? you don't think like, I'm, I'm oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we talk about all the things that like wizard magic can fix, like, and mm-hmm. why they don't share their medicine or whatever. But like, we, we, muggles are pretty good at dealing with trauma as yeah. far as like. The wizard fix for this is lock her in a room. Apparently. I, right. <laughs> like that's exactly, they, they like, that's, that's what they did. They locked her up and were like, just, oh, you know, just don't talk about her, you know? <laughs> You know, if not they, great. If they had a school counselor at Hogwarts, Voldemort may not have become Voldemort. That is a great point. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's true. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, that's the the gaping gaping uh, flaw in wizard medicine is mental health. Is it a wizard thing or is it a British like stiff upper lip thing? Uh, I I mean, I think it's a wizard. I thing. think it's, no. I think it's probably a British thing actually. Mm. But you know, like this is written from a British perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. Whether you're talking about Voldemort, whether you're talking about uh, Ariana, or whether you're talking about like whether St. Mungo's is where they send people with like mental health issues, but right. it's really just a regular hospital, right? It seems like it. They just kind of lock them up and treat that, them nice. I mean, oh, Neville's parents? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I don't think therapy would have helped them. Uh, I think that they, they could have probably returned to some semblance instead of just being like... It would have been good to try. Yeah. Yeah. Could not have hurt yeah. to try. Um we find out that the reason why Dumbledore's father went to Azkaban is because he attacked those three muggle boys and he wouldn't tell the ministry why he'd done it because then they would have seen Ariana's dangerous and locked her up at St. Mungo's for forever. So nobody wins here at all. Yeah, this is this whole thing was a very, very sad story to me. It um, is. It yeah. is. And then so she was a captor of her mom. And then when she was 14 years old, she accidentally killed her mom in one of her spells, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. And so Dumbledore came home, and that's when he met Grindelwald, and they well in fuv. 
I don't want. (laughs) But but at the same time, uh, it was also Grindelwald who was responsible for like the that falling apart of their family. As it turns out, it 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 is Aberforth who is apparently a much more principled person than Albus Dumbledore. Got into a big fight with him, and Grindelwald started torturing him, and Dumbledore tried to stop it. There is this three-way duel, and at the end of it, Ariana is dead, even though it's not clear who actually killed her. Yeah, it sounds like she she was like set off by all of their fighting and maybe tried to protect Aberforth, but maybe somebody somebody killed her, and mm-hmm. nobody knows why, or nobody knows exactly who. Mm-hmm. And Harry thinks that that is what has been torturing that what what tortured Dumbledore until the end of his days. Seems reasonable. I don't mm-hmm. buy this story at all. Oh no, which part? The whole thing is BS. Oh, you think so? Is it? Yeah, right. This 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 paints Aberforth as this saint, right? You know, the goat fondler. <laughs> you know, and now that Dumbledore's dead, he's like, and now I can tell my story, right? Now that, that there's nobody around to contradict him. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. So, what do you think actually happened? Who knows? Yeah, lost the lost the history, or lost the sands of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just that this, this is this story seems. So super slanted against Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. The characterization of Dumbledore here doesn't match the characterization of Dumbledore. We've ever known him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't buy it. Mm. All right. I mean, it's just a different perspective. We had Rita Skeeter's perspective. We had Elpheus Doge's perspective. We have Aber- Aberforth's. That's so true. it's interesting to hear the same story from different people. Yeah. Probably the truth is that nobody will ever know the truth. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Um, so conveniently, Aberforth does have the only way that they can actually get into Hogwarts right now, and it is through Ariana's portrait. Time for another heist. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though; they can sneak in, and then, right before they do that, who shows up? Neville. Neville. That's Neville right. Longbottom, the real chosen one. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's where they, that's where it ends. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited about the. I'm excited about the next bit. I. I uh, I don't recall much of like how this plays out. I remember a couple of like key things, but like it's, it's still like a lot of stuff to be to be rediscovered. I, I think there is. I'm excited. I can't believe that there's only two episodes left. Yeah, we're getting we're getting there, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do next. We will, listeners. If you have any suggestions for us, drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. Yeah, ideally, you know, we're, we still got the Wheel of Time series going, obviously. But once we're done with Harry Potter, we'd like to have another alternate series. You know, to to do uh, back and forth with, and we haven't decided what it is yet. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, something that would engage listeners—the same sort of listeners who are enjoying uh, Harry Potter and or the Wheel of Time. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Got some ideas, but we're always uh, always looking for suggestions for sure. For sure, this is an interesting one. We got a question from one of our listeners, and the question they wanted us to discuss is: Why did Voldemort not just take his Horcrux to like? New Zealand and drop it in a volcano or at the bottom of the ocean or something. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about this question with my husband earlier. And I was like, well, it's kind of a dumb question because, I mean, why didn't he do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And Brandon said, that's actually a really good question. And he started talking about liches and phylacteries. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically a horcrux, right? Like a phylactery is like a, a piece of the lich for their... Their story. So it's often like a piece of their heart or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know how that answers why you would like. Do you need to keep it nearby? Well, or something? because the phylactery is like somewhat indestructible. Yeah. So if you bury it, if you drop it in the ocean, then that's a great place to hide it. Yeah. I, the, I, one, the one thing you want is for nobody to ever find it, but you don't actually care about finding it yourself. Yeah, I, I actually kind of feel like it's a, I, to me. If I were Voldemort, that's exactly what I would do. Is 
because we know that they're virtually indestructible. Uh, why not drop in a volcano? Mm-hmm. Um, why not drop in the bottom of the ocean? I don't think he needs. I, I, I mean, the the only answer I really have is that Voldemort's like very sentimental. Like that's that's the bottom line. Is that Voldemort is incredibly mm-hmm. sentimental, regardless. Maybe, of what maybe, he maybe there's some reason that he needs to visit them every now and then, um, like to refresh them or or feed them. Water is goldfish. Well, soulfish. <laughs> Soulfish. <laughs> if so, he hasn't done it since he came back to life, for sure, right? Or he would have known that the ring was already destroyed. It's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. What Brandon was saying, and he's been boning up on his D&D, do you call it mythology? Lore. Uh, lore. Lore. Yeah, lore. He's been boning up on that since he's been DMing a few different campaigns. <laughs> boning. <laughs> and, he's, and he was telling me a little bit more about phylacteries, and apparently um, you have to keep it close, you have to keep it fairly close to you, and... Also, when people do that, they become extremely paranoid. So they want to have it in a place and they continue to go and and uh, look at it and kind of reassure themselves. Ah. I mean, that makes sense. I, I would also posit that it could be because these books are very Anglo-centric. The fact that uh, Voldemort never leaves the British Isles is... Except for Albania that one time. Yeah, but that was like after he died. Yeah. It was more by accident, he, he right? He went abroad. Yeah. Yes. But he uh, still he still is all about conquering England. That's his dark goal. Yeah, right. when he talks about conquering the world, what he means is England. And he never seems to really think about anywhere else in the world. Right. <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah. He just, <laughs> I, I couldn't hide my phylactery somewhere other than the, the jolly old Isles. It wouldn't be cricket. Well, <laughs> I don't think they teach geography at Hogwarts. They don't. They definitely don't. So for all they know, the world is flat. He doesn't know what a volcano is. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You say that there's a hole that just spews like liquid fire out of it? That's ridiculous. You mean a dragon? We know what dragons are. You're probably thinking about a dragon cave. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I I think that's an interesting question. And uh, I think the only answer is that uh, Voldemort's dumb you know like he, he absolutely should there's no good reason it has to be like within a certain range of him you know mm-hmm. maybe I mean like what's the range then because I mean he, they're One not England <laughs> <laughs> within the same body of land yeah mm. yeah can't, can't I, cross water I thought it was interesting though because the parallels between Horcruxes and that were so clear to me I, I I'm assuming that she must Know something about D and D? She must know about liches and flatteries. Uh, I think it's a, not it's, a D and D. It's the other way around. D and D draws from every piece of mythology it can. Oh, okay. So liches were a thing before D and D. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, like because the you know the witch king of Angmar was you know a lich, right? The 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 Nazgul, you know, in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The, uh, that's that that definitely fits into the category of lich. So like undead wizard type thing is an old idea, and D and D is like. It very rarely actually makes up new stuff. Mm-hmm. It just sort of like agglomerates and, and, mm-hmm. and sort of makes uniform all these different characters. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting then because she does talk about how she borrowed a lot from um, English mythology. So Yeah, I do I do wonder about the, the idea of the phylactery. Like where, where does that come? I'm sure it's not a, a D&D well, origin. It's the same thing. Oh, yeah. That's the a good point. actual phylacteries in the real world. Right, right. Like a finger oh. bone of a saint or something. And okay. People touch it to do religious stuff. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, it seems like that was probably an inspiration for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would imagine That's cool. So, yeah. okay. so it's kind of like the, 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 the anti-saint, right? Like this corruption of the idea of... of yeah, it's saint. known as an ain't. Yeah, <laughs> just an ain't. <laughs> you got your saints, you got your ain'ts. <laughs> Definitely an ain't. <laughs> just like my grandma says. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, listener, for the question and uh, for giving us some good discussion. Yeah. 
So that's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be covering chapters 29 through 33 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the seventh and final book in the Harry Potter series. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. And if you ask us a question, we might even answer it on air. Please share this with anyone who you think will like this. Please give us good reviews. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.